Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tav. Have you been anticipating this episode just as much as I have? Because I could not wait to record this. That's why it is happening in the middle of the day. So I'm so sorry if there's random noises. I feel like I've been making this apology for the past couple episodes. So, you know, you know the drill. If you hear something weird, it's fine. This is life, whatever. But today we are talking about the third book. So then we can start reading the fourth book. Oh my gosh, I I haven't started yet um, because I want as much anticipation and excitement to come through to you guys. So I have been holding off. I'm going to be starting the fourth book today after I finish this episode and uh, editing it and everything like that. So but yes, this book is insane. It's intense. I felt a range of emotions and I hope you will feel them as well. So the third book of the Blood and Ash series is called The Crown of Gilded Bones and it's by Jennifer Armentrout and it's still pretty spicy. Uh, that's one thing that I don't know. I, Jennifer Armentrout just does it really well, but usually in like second or third books I don't read them as fully I guess you could say because I'm like oh the main characters are already in love like I don't really care about them building a relationship or whatever and so I usually like I'm I'm usually not as invested but the way Jennifer Armentrout like creates her characters I'm invested in the relationships like from book one to book whatever She keeps like the spiciness alive in these books. So when there is spiciness, uh, it's pretty spicy. They uh, like to make toast. They are very much in love. And yes, just all of the above, which is which is great, you know, Um, but also they're very easily skippable. So if you are not into that, just skip them. You'll still get the gist of what's happening, and the storyline isn't really in with those scenes, if that makes sense. So without further ado, let's get into the third book. All right, remember what happened at the end of the second book, where they got they went through the Skotos Mountains, like the canyon or whatever, And they come out into, it's called Scion's Cove. Um, They have to go through there to get to the, like, capital of Atlantia. Um, But they stop at one of the temples there. Uh, That's when Alistair's like, hey, hey, Castile, like, I need to go and talk to you. And then Beckett comes and he's like, yeah, I'll take Poppy. We'll go look at the temple or whatever. So, yeah, that's that's where it leaves off. um, And that's where it starts on the third book. So there's, like, nothing missing, which is really great. The queen is, like, bow before the last descendant. This is a new queen. Everyone is shocked, naturally, because they're like, what? are you talking about uh and castile he's worried about poppy because she looks injured of course and so he is like walking towards her and kieran uh the wolven remember kieran he gets like in between them and he's in his wolven form and he's like mad he like growls at castile which is weird because him and castile are like bonded they've been bonded since they were young that's what happens with like the wolven they bond to an atlantean for protection and so they're like what is he doing like he knows that castile would never hurt poppy and they look at his eyes like kieran's eyes and they look at kieran's dad's eyes his name was jasper and a couple other woven, and their eyes are different. Uh, there's like the silvery white in them. And so they're like, um, something is happening here. So Castile, he un- he unsheathes the swords and puts them down. And he's just like being very calm and saying like, okay, like you all knew something was happening to her. Like that's why Castile continues and says like they're responding to her. Like that's why the ones on the roads with us shifted without warning. She called them to her. And so the king comes up and is like, Cass, like you need to like really put your swords down, like act like you don't harm her at all. Like they're just reacting to a threat. 
Um, and also ask yourself like why your bonded wolves are guarding someone other than you. And Alistair pipes up and he's like, the bonds have broken. Remember, Alistair is the advisor to the king and queen. And he's like, I can feel it. The primal notum, like her mark, they're all broken. Uh, they no longer serve the elemental bloodline. So he's kind of like casting suspicion, but also like, I don't know. He just says it in a weird way or how it's written in a weird way that he's like portraying Poppy as like a really evil person, if that makes sense. And he's like, I can feel the primal notum, which is basically the bond that all Wolven are now bonded to Poppy. And so she is like, okay, well, I don't really know what to do. So she tells the Wolven, like, stop, everything is fine. <laughs> like, Cass is safe. And so they all, like, calm down. And Poppy's like, this doesn't make sense. Like, I am mortal. Like, why, why would I have the blood of a god? And the queen says, like, yeah, you are mortal, but you're also descended from a deity. Like, the children of the gods. All it takes is literally a drop of god's blood. And you, but... I mean, she may have more than just a drop, like, and what's in her blood supersedes, like, any oath that the wolves have taken. So they're all still, like, you know, in shock. A, a big thing just happened, and also there's, like, a freaking big blood tree behind her that grew from her blood. So they're all just like, uh, what do we do? And that's when Cass is like, where's Beckett? Like, Beckett was supposed to be here with you. Like, he's really mad at Beckett because Beckett left her to be stoned um, and so he's like we need to find him and he immediately turns to Alistair he's like we gotta see like seize Alistair like until they discover who was involved in the situation like we can't we can't have him just going around like he's involved in this somewhere because he like was distracting me over here a little bit of background about Alistair we'll learn a little bit more but uh he was the bonded wolven to King Malak um that one guy that made like the first vampire and when King Malak had ascended his mistress Isbeth it was Alistair who alerted Queen Alona uh, breaking the bond between him and the now existed king so he when he broke that bond he his wolven actually disappeared so he can't like change into a wolven anymore but he can still f feel that primal notum anyways he gets seized because they're like we gotta we gotta figure out what's happening and all of a sudden uh poppy feels like determination in him and resolve and she's pretty alarmed by that because it's a very sudden feeling and all of a sudden arrows strike everyone and paralyze them they're made with like a shadow bane or a shadow flower I think and so they are paralyzed she doesn't know what to do she's like thinking Cass is dead and just freaking out and then she looks up and of, of course there's another dozen people standing before her with like holding daggers and she starts to fight them and as she's fighting them she gets kind of this like vision and she hears like a woman's voice and the voice is saying like it wasn't supposed to be this way she sees like this woman her hair like moonlight uh, she like thrusts her hand deep into the ground poppy somehow knows that it's the temple where they where they stand now but like in a different time and so this woman throws her head back screaming with like pain fury and there's a silver white light drenched in the soil like where she's touched the ground cracks and these thin bleached white fingers like dig out of the dirt all around her like nothing more than bone and her words reach poppy um, and says like I'm done with this all of this. Throughout this book, she does have these like visions and we'll like, I'll, I'll explain them or whatever um, because they kind of tie in at the end as well. And so Poppy like kills these people and injures them and Alistair is right there and he's like, I'm not the threat to Atlantia. You are. You have always been the threat. And someone comes up behind her and knocks her out. She wakes up. She realizes that she's in a crypt, which is freaky and she has these things wrapped around her it's like they're bone and vines there's like this male voice that she hears and he says like these aren't normal bones you're handling they're the bones of the ancient because they're bones of the deities they carry primal magic and like the ether within them 
And so like the bones are unbreakable, imbued by another who carries the God of the bloods with them. And once you pull on like the bindings, they'll just tighten. And if you keep doing it, they'll cut through your flesh and into your bone. And eventually they'll sever your limbs. (laughs) So basically they're like impossible to get out. And this guy comes around the corner and it's Commander Jensen. And do you remember Commander Jensen? In the first book, he was a commander there at the castle. And he was the one that helped Cass get so high up in the ranks and recommended him being Poppy's guard because he knew who he was and he knew the goal. She's confused because when it all kind of went down, like when Cass like captured her or took her to the, was supposed to take her to the capital or whatever, the whole thing kind of like blew up like they knew who was involved and so commander jensen like went on the run i guess anyways okay so she's like how are you not captured like how how did they not catch you and he's like oh let me show you and he changes into beckett and that's when she knows beckett died so this guy commander jensen is a changeling He's of one of the bloodlines. I guess back at Spessa's end, um, he put Beckett to sleep so that he could like transform into Beckett. Um, But Beckett woke up too soon and so they killed him. And he was like a really young wolven and basically like a child, which is really sad. Um, So then this whole time from Spessa's end to now this cove, Uh, It has been Commander Jensen. And so he like walks away. I don't know if she like goes back to sleep or how long in between this is. Um, But then Alistair shows up. And this is where we learn a little bit more information. There's so much information in this book, like about the history, about the gods, the deities, everything. So I'm going to try, I'm trying to make it as like clear as possible. But again, If you have any questions, make sure to message me because I can answer whatever you need because honestly, we're going to all be at the same point here. And so I would love to discuss the books with you because yeah, I have no insider information on what's going to happen next. Anyways, let's get back into this. Alistair, he's like, you know what? I did what I needed to because the God's violent trait is usually passed on to their children. And he's like, I'm a protector of Atlantia. Like, I'm in this brotherhood that protects, like, the most original Atlantia. It's just kind of a weird vibe. And so she's like, okay, so I'm a threat uh, that must be dealt with because I'm a descendant from a deity who may or may not have anger issues. Like, that doesn't make sense. And this is where he starts to talk more about King Malak because he was the woven of him. And so he knows like pretty like a lot of details of what happened. And he starts telling her that King Malik could also sense emotion, like the empath bloodline. It was believed that their line like branched off from the one that birthed Malik, mingling with like the changeling line. But Malik could heal wounds with his touch, but he rarely did because like Not only was he descended from the god of life, he was also a descendant of the god of death, Nyctos. So Nyctos is actually the god of both, which is weird, and I don't super understand it. There's even a book that Jennifer Armantrout just released, like, last year, I think, about Nyctos' story, which is super, super good. I'll probably do a podcast about it. And so because, like, the king of gods had both, like, Malak's abilities had a dark side as well, and he could take emotion and push it back like onto others, like the empaths. Alistair tells her, like, I belong to this long line of people who swore an oath to protect Atlantia and her secrets. And that's why he was willing to break the bond with Malik because he has this oath. Honestly, I think this is where he tells her that Malik is her dad. And she's like, what? Like, no, no, he's not. And he's like, Malik had many mistresses, like some were mortal and some weren't. And then he goes off. He's just kind of like a crazy old man, honestly, at this point. He goes off and says like, hey, we were warned about you like a long time ago. It was written in the bones of your namesake before the gods went to sleep. Because remember, there's a god, Penelope. Um, And she was during the time of like Nyctos as well. And this prophecy, which the Atlanteans don't believe in prophecies. They believe in whatever happens, happens. 
And so for Alistair to like actually believe in this, everyone's kind of like, that's not real. But this prophecy says, with the last chosen blood spilled, the great conspirator birthed from the flesh and fire of the primals will awaken as the harbinger and the bringer of death and destruction to the lands gifted by the gods. Beware for the end will come from the west to destroy the east and lay waste to all which lies between. Wow. I mean, uh, it sounds like made up garbage, but honestly, having read the book, it makes sense. Uh, Then he tells her, this, this part makes me mad. He's like, we met before. You were either too young to remember like the events of the night or they were way too traumatic. Um, Do you know what he's referring to? especially like the traumatic part. He's like, I didn't realize it was you when I saw you for the first time in New Haven, but I thought you looked familiar. And she's like, what? You were there that night, the night the Craven attacked the inn? And he's like, yeah, like you were right to assume that your parents were attempting to flee solace, basically like to get away from the kingdom as much as they could. And and they were, they knew the truth. Like, your mother and father always knew exactly what the Ascended were. She's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, your mother was a favorite of the counterfeit queen, but she was no lady in wait like we thought. She was a handmaiden to the queen, which a handmaiden is a personal guard. What? (laughs) Like, okay. He's like, yeah, I was there to help your parents. Like, that's what I did back then. But when they told me what you could do, I knew who you came from. So when the darkness came to those doors, I let them in. He, t- I mean, he wraps it up and he's like, I will give the ascended what they so desperately want to keep. I will give them you. And then he drugs her again. This is his plan that to protect Atlantia, they need to get rid of her. And so what he thinks is going to happen is when they give her to the ascended, that she is going to just go ballistic and kill them. And so that gets rid of the ascended, but also that shows him like she has a temper tantrum and hopefully she'll die like in the process or the ascended will then come after her. I don't know. It's just like this messed up thing that I'm like, that's not going to work. He's just an old senile guy. So we she wakes up too fast naturally they probably didn't give her enough like sleeping potion whatever the ascended are just coming to see her like they had just shown up she's tied down with these bones so she literally can't move the ascended are coming over they say like oh the queen is going to be so happy to see you and then all of a sudden that ascended gets hit by a bolt and she dead uh so it's like yes they found her but yeah Cass and all the wolven show up and the king is actually there too fighting they say that Alistair actually stayed at the crypts and so when they went there first uh he was arrested and I want to backpedal a little bit the bones nullify the primal notum so they and they also negate any and all abilities so reducing to what she they think that she is is mortal and so that's why she couldn't call to the woven that's why she couldn't use her powers it's these bones of the deity that basically stop everything and kiernan is helping her get out of these bones i guess someone from the someone from the outside you could guess i guess call him like could get her out of them easily i'm not sure he lets her know that Cass used compulsion on like the guards until they found one that knew the plans And so she's like, okay, yeah, like she starts fighting and then she sees that Cass is about to kill the commander and she tells him to stop because she actually made a promise to the commander that she was going to kill him. Like during all the different threatenings and things like that, she said that she was going to kill him. So she's like, I'm going to keep that promise. And so she goes over and she says like, I'm keeping my promise. And so she stabs him. But at the same time, she is actually shocked. Uh, from behind she is hit by a bolt and so it's like a it it didn't hit her heart but she's bleeding a lot and dying pretty quickly but of course Cass we know Cass he will do anything for her he loves her so much he's like no I am not going to lose my wife like this is not how this works and he knows that the only way to keep her is to ascend her and that's forbidden. And so he has the woven like surround her because the king is like, that's not okay. Like seize him. Like you cannot do this. And he's so upset, but the woven are like, mm, sorry, can't get in. And so that's what Cass does. He drains all of her blood 
and that within seconds of her heart stopping, he feeds her. He feeds her his blood. And so it works. And she is basically in this limbo because, I mean, she basically died and is coming back to life. Uh, but she's in this limbo and she remembers more of the night her parents died, which we're going to go over that later because we'll find out even more about that night. And so that's when I'll explain it all. Um, but she also has a vision of that woman again. And there's this woman, her long hair is floating around her. And her features are like super familiar. And she was the same one that she saw in like at the temple with like those skeleton hands coming out. And her she sees that her lips move and she she speaks and her lashes are down and a tear falls from the corner of her eye and it's a blood red tear. And her words send a jolt like through Poppy and then she's gone. But we don't find out the words. I honestly, if I completely missed it, I probably did. I don't think we find them out until the end. But I could be crazy and maybe we don't find out what she says. Anyways, Poppy wakes up and she remembers nothing. Like, she sees this man at, on this chair, like, sitting on this chair, just kind of, like, watching her, and she doesn't know who he is. And so all she knows is that she's hungry, like, really, really hungry. It's actually, like, Kiernan. He's there, and he says, like, I can still feel the notum, and then he looks closer, and he's like, her eyes are still the same color. She didn't ascend. And she attacks him with bloodlust. Like, she's so hungry. She doesn't know who he is. That's when Cass comes in behind her, grabs her, and he is able to feed her some more. And that's when she remembers everything. And so she kind of, like, comes to. She's had enough blood. That's when they're like, okay, so your eyes are still the same. You did have the bloodlust. But also, you're satisfied from the bloodlust. Like, she drank enough and she doesn't feel anything. And usually when people are newly ascended, they have, like, an untamable bloodlust. Like, constantly hungry, constantly wanting to feed. So she doesn't feel that. She doesn't have fangs. She can walk in the sunlight. She smells different, meaning she doesn't have any mortal blood left. It's all his blood. So they're even more confused now because they're like, we ascended you, but you have nothing about the ascended. Like, and they're like, how could you even do that at the chambers? Like, what happened? Is it the calling? And remember, the calling is like the process that the Atlanteans go through when they no longer age like mortals and begin to develop like heightened senses, along with like undergoing numerous physical changes. Um, and so the Ascended, they waited until now to have her go through her ascension so that her blood would be more of use to them now, capable of making more Ascended, because that's what like the Atlantean blood does. It makes the Ascended. And so they're just kind of like sitting there in disbelief and Cass asks her, asks her to kind of recap what happened with Alistair and tells them this prophecy and they immediately say exactly what she knew. Like they don't believe in prophecies there. So they have to head through the canyon again, like the Skotos Mountains, but they have to go through like the cliffs of Ione, which is the south of Sion's Cove, which is where they came in at the first place but because they took her to like the wastelands I want to say when she was captured they had to go through a whole different route so they meet up with that same canyon again and the mist completely moves for her now and so they're like okay that's interesting like it really does react to her and remember those golden trees of Eos um it was a very beautiful I mean in my mind it was very beautiful they had all become blood trees and so they're red they're not gold anymore. And so they meet up with a king um, just outside of the canyon. And the, he has Alistair um, in like custody, basically. And Alistair doesn't know that she's alive still. And so Cass goes in, interrogates him, and brings him out. And they just do like really clever wording. And then she comes out and she's like, haha, B, like I'm still alive and I'm going to kill you. So she does. She kills him. Kiernan is looking at her some more and he's like, your eyes have changed. Like there's these wisps of light, like silvery light throughout your irises. It kind of like takes her back because she's like, those are like the eyes of the woman that 
she's been dreaming about. They make it back to Sion's Cove. That's where his parents are at because the king, he traveled a little bit ahead. They like met with him a little bit to show him that she had not ascended because he was very, very worried about it. And so now his parents are at the cove. They have like a little estate there and that's where they like want to meet up and and talk and just reacquaint themselves because it's been years since they have seen Cass and when of course he showed up like all this turmoil happened so they haven't really had a chance to really talk to him as they're going Poppy does like a little pep talk to herself and we get to see kind of like the their plan of what they want to do um regarding everything basically and so uh, she tells herself, like, her marriage to Cass, of course she loves him, but it also serves two purposes. Uh, it proves that the Atlanteans were not responsible for the plague known as the Craven. So that was, of course, another lie the Ascended had spun to, like, cover their evilness and incite fear to control the people, which I hate that. Uh, and then the people of Solace would believe that the gods had approved of the Chosen, like joining with an Atlantean. And so the only way that they're saying that they've come up with that the Ascended could remain in power was if they understood that. And she is basically going to tell them, like, if they turn against her, like, basically the entire kingdom of lies would crack underneath them. So she thinks that this is like a pretty solid proof plan. As they're walking through the city... Uh, like the cove to get to the estate, um, people are like lowering their themselves to their their knees and bowing, and uh, the wolven are saying Liesa, Liesa, Maya Liesa, and she's like, I don't know what that means, and and so Cass like leans down here and he's like, it's Old Atlantean, the language of the gods. It means my queen, which is kind of exciting and also like, ooh, like they know, like. It's a weird feeling like they know that she's their queen. Like they, she just, they know, they know. Um, and yeah, that's what the Wolven call her now that she's bonded to them. They call her Maya Liesa or their queen. So they are getting settled in like the state uh, at the cove. And she finds out what a shower is for the first time and all that. And so Cass goes and talks to his dad. Um, and so Kieran and Poppy are there in the room and just like talking and stuff. And that's when they hear something outside and they see this guy, uh, with this mask, like a dissenter's mask almost. And so then all of a sudden a group of them come out into this courtyard. And so they're like, okay, well, they're going to attack us. Let's go attack them. And so they're like fighting and everything. And they take a mask off one of the the individuals and it has no face and its blood is like this purpley goop stuff and kiernan is like wtf like this is a grim um so a grim is basically a summoned soldier used to do the bidding of the one like who summoned them so basically if you've seen like lord of the rings like the last movie I mean, they're the books, but it's fine. Uh, I watch the movies for those. Um, when he like summons like the undead army, um, that they're basically like a grim like that. So um, they are able to kill them pretty easily. But all of them are wearing masks and the king comes out. He helps fight. And once everything is like done, he says that they're ma wearing the masks of the unseen, which uh this is like the Descenders imaged their masks after the Unseen, like after the Unseen had been like disbanded um, once the War of the Two Kings was done. But now someone is summoning these Grimm and want to try and kill Poppy again. So she basically gets like no rest. There's always someone after her. And so she's talking to the King more because he came out and um she's like what am i <laughs> like who am i whose blood do i have in me like is it malik whose is it he says like how you ask basically how is it possible for your abilities to be this strong like and e they were even that strong before Cass ascended you and one of your parents has to have been like full-blooded atlantean and she's like, but that doesn't even make sense. Like, how is it possible that I'm descended from Malik? Like, his offspring with a mistress would have been immortal. And if her mom was a handmaiden, like, it couldn't have been her. And so he tells her, like, only one or neither of them, like, were her real parents. Like, the parents that she knows, 
either one or yeah, both of them were not her parents. So we're like, who are her parents? Who, what's happening? Is Malik really her dad? Like, is her mom the handmaid? Like, so many questions going through my mind at this point. And so they talk more about the Grimm. And that kind of magic is definitely forbidden in their realm. And when he means realm is that there's actually like a god's realm. It's called Elysium. And Nyctos had a consort. Honestly, no one knows her name. Like he is a very private person and he loves his people. Like he loves his consort. Uh, He does have two children. We don't know their names. We don't know their genders. Like He's just a very private person, and so they call her his consort. And he tells him, like, Elysium doesn't exist in a realm that only gods can enter. And then he looks at Cass, and he's like, what do you think exists beyond the mountains of Nyctos? God of, the realm of the gods is behind these mountains? Like, next to Atlantia? Okay, like, we're learning even more now. Um, but the mist is even more rough than the one through the Skotos Mountains. Uh, it literally, like, if you are not a god, like, it suffocates you. But they know some bypasses. They're wandering around the city before they head to the capital. Poppy sees this, like, sketch of a man, and he's, like, on this large throne. And he has, like, a lack of features, which basically that means that it's Nyctos because he... He didn't want any like paintings of him really. He's sitting in this throne and something like snags her attention and there's these big like large felines resting before him and their heads tilted in his direction. And she's like, are those cave cats? Like there was one caged in the castle at Carcedonia. And Cass is like, no, that's impossible. Like cave cats have been extinct for at least a couple hundred years. And so she asks him like, then what was in that cage? Like, and he just tries to reassure her, like, probably just, like, another large wild cat. And, and she says, like, but I think these two felines are supposed to symbolize the children of Nyctos and his consort. This painting just kind of, like, bothers her. And they go and meet his parents. I mean, she's already met the king. And now she's officially going to meet the queen. Which she kind of seems kind of scary. And at the beginning, like, everything is okay. And then all of a sudden, they start doing, like, what if this? What if this? Like, all of the what ifs. And Poppy gets so mad because she's like, yeah, we could go through what ifs all day. But that didn't happen. Like, yes, I was, it was supposed to be ascended, but I'm not. Like, I'm not a vampire. Like, I am just regular me. <laughs> like, we could go through the what ifs all day. But it's not going to change what didn't happen and what did happen. And so she's, like, very, very blunt with them. His mom says, like, okay, well, no average mortal with Atlantean blood could have those abilities. Like, any of us who's old enough to remember the deities would have known. Like, she's like, it didn't happen very often, but the deities did create children. And either they were with either Atlanteans or mortals. And when it happened, that either of the deity often, like, manifested in the child one way or another. And of course, like the manifestation was stronger if the other parent was Atlantean. But she says like not even the child of a deity and Atlantean had the abilities that manifested so strongly in them as they have in Poppy. The queen just stares at Poppy and it's kind of like an awkward silence. And she says, you actually look like him. Even if I hadn't seen the power radiating from you, I would have known exactly who you came from. So she knows even without being told who Poppy's dad is because King Malik was married to Queen Alona like Cass's mom and then of course he cheated and he ascended Isbeth they got divorced and now like Malik is Poppy's dad it's just weird it's is anyone else weirded out by that and so she of course comes back and she's like I don't understand he's how he's my dad like I know it's never been stated like what happened to him But it's, like, pretty safely assumed that he's not alive. And he hasn't been for centuries. Like, how, after, like, if he was still alive, why why wouldn't he have returned to claim the throne? And, like, it's impossible that he would have sired a child 19 years ago. But she tells them that after the War of Two Kings, she found him and entombed him. And that was 400 years ago. That he is actually Nyctos' grandchild. So Poppy is Nyctos' great-grandchild. And they suspected that Malik had risen or been released when they first saw Poppy at, like, the chambers. They knew that Malik would have had to been released. 
uh, for her to be made. That's when his mom asks Poppy to take a walk with her. And Cass is very leery of it. He's like, Mom, you're not the, you don't have the best intentions a lot of times. So, so Poppy does decide to go on this walk with Cass's mom. And they talk more about the history of like why the blood crown is called the blood crown and how they, it was like a reference to the power of blood and what remains after destruction, like just very kind of extreme things. And she eventually tells Poppy that her dad, which at this point, we're like, are we really sure he's her dad? But her dad wasn't a monster. He was a deity, like the most powerful one there was. Um, but he was still just a man that became lost because Alona, uh, pr- like Queen Alona, was married to him for a long time. And there's a reason that she loved him. There's a reason that they were married for a long time. Like, yes, he then found Isbeth, which it's assumed that... I think it is actually said that they are heartmates. So that, I mean, that makes, I mean, it still sucks that he like cheated on her and had this relationship with Isbeth, but they are heartmates. And so like, it's like denying your soulmate. I don't know. I'm not trying to like justify things he did, but she's like, yes, he did do these evil things, but he's just a man that became lost. And so she's like, you don't have to be so like destroyed over it because he once was a good man. And then she does ask about the plan. Like, what is the plan with them? Like, what, like, are they going to become king and queen? Are they going to take the crown? Like, what are they wanting to do? So Poppy tells her of the ultimatum. And, like, they'll release his brother, agree to stop making more vampiri and killing those who are, like, willing to feed them, relinquish control of the lands east of New Haven. Like, kind of these big asks that I'm like, okay, but what in return do, the, like, the vampiri get? Like, the ascended? Basically nothing. Like, basically, like, there won't be a war. Like, that's the only thing that this ultimatum really is. And so, in the back of my mind, I'm like... I there's nothing for them I don't think they're gonna take this ultimatum but whatever and so that's when Poppy asks the queen like okay what measures has Atlantia taken to compromise since the end of the last war um just to like make things better for both sides and the queen's like well I mean some say allowing the solace to even exist would be the greatest compromise we ever offered and Poppy gets like mad and she calls her out on it and she's like Actually, it sounds like Atlantia basically closed their borders and spent centuries preparing for war, like basically biding your time instead of trying to negotiate with Solace, despite like the failures of the past. And then meanwhile, the Ascended continued to grow, to kill, to terrorize. So yeah, that doesn't really sound like a compromise. It sounds like complacency. Like she literally just calls the queen out. And I'm like, yes, girl, like, also, you have to <laughs> remind yourself, and I, I have to remind myself each book, she's barely 19, barely 19, talking to this queen that's thousands of years old. <sighs> like, that's terrifying, but also the queen respects that. And she's like, you, ha- are, you, you are really brave uh, to talk to me like that, basically. But she is like, okay, like, and she says, like, the only thing that really can stop a war is the king and queen. And Poppy's like, okay, then do it. Like, you're the king and queen. And the queen just, like, looks at her. And she's like, the king and queen can stop the war. And that's when Poppy realizes, like, oh, she wants me to take the crown. Like, for sure, for sure. She wants Poppy to take the crown because Poppy genuinely cares about the people of Atlantia, which is a really nice thing. Cass and his dad, they come and start talking to them. And that's when like a messenger comes and says that there's a convoy that just arrived at Spessa's end. And there's a guy there that's claiming that he is her brother, Ian, and has a message from the crown. So that was a shock. That was like the end of a chapter. And of course, it's like a little cliffhanger. But it's like, that's a shock because one, her brother's still alive, for sure, for sure. He was sent from the crown. So that means he's close to the crown. And what does he need to say? Like, and he's not leaving until he can deliver that message. So they're like, okay, well, we have to go. Uh, So they gather up a couple of them and they head back to Spess's end. um, And they're able to get there the next day. And um, they meet that night. 
And so there's a couple of them that come outside of the gate and then this carriage pulls up with like a couple of the knights and just kind of like sits there. And her brother gets out of the carriage and they know for sure that he's ascended. And she has come up with the conclusion in her mind that she's like, if I cannot tell that he is a different ascended, like meaning that he actually has a conscience and doesn't want to be an evil person, like I will spare him. But if I can't tell that, like she's she's going to bring him peace basically that she will kill him because she doesn't want him to live as an ascended anymore and so once they go out to meet him he comes out of the carriage and and he basically talks to her as if she's a hostage and she's like nah like this is my husband like he he my husband like I'm not I don't know why I'm talking that like that um just trying to give her you know personality uh but he he's like what and she's like yeah we're married I love him I'm the princess and I'm gonna be the queen and then she starts asking about like Tawny and remember Tawny was like her little or helper when she was the maiden um and Ian confirms like yes Tawny is waiting for you she's not ascended uh Cass's brother he they are both like safe and well cared for and he's like I am coming to talk to you because the queen wants a meeting with the prince and princess which is you uh in a fortnight at one of these like small towns and they're like they start talking about war a little bit and he's like you could have hundreds of thousands of soldiers half of them woven like larger than the ones before me and you would not defeat what the queen has created and they're like that's confusing what has she created very alarming and he says that they're called revenants uh they're not knights and they're not ascended mortal or atlantean they're something far more unique than that and they're like oh that's very very alarming none of us have ever heard of revenants like we gotta go back and ask uh and he's like okay well before we go like I would like to hug my sister like I I would like to hug her and so Poppy's like that's fine like she has her dagger ready like by her side that she's like I can stab him if he means harm I'll give him peace but also like let me hug him so he like hugs her and he's very very quiet and he says Poppy listen to me I know the truth wake Nyctos only his guards can stop the blood crown what what so Ian's trying to help them right I think like that makes sense. He's trying to help them. Also, does that mean that they know her heritage of Nyctos? Like, what do what does that mean? So then they like go back into Spess's end, and they're like, okay, tomorrow we leave for the capital, which is where we're going to take the crown, and then they're going to travel to Elysium and wake the king of the gods, which that's where Nyctos is. So this is where Elysium comes in that we've kind of learned about a little bit more. We still got more, guys. We still got a lot more of the book. So that's just like the the first piece of the pie. So buckle up because we're going to we're going to keep going. They make it to the Capitol and they are walking into the room that she's like, okay, I'm going to enter as Poppy and I'm going to leave as a queen. And you know what? A queen to the people, they don't know me and they might not trust me, but I'm going to figure it out. Uh, They actually meet one of the oldest seers and her name is Willa. And she is actually the lady from the Red Pearl. Remember at the very, very first of the very first book where Poppy is at the Red Pearl she just wanted to see like card games and that's when Victor walks in and that lady is there and she's like, I know who you are. Like go upstairs, go to the sixth room on the left or whatever. That's that lady. Her name is Willa. She's one of the oldest seers. She's an Atlantean. And Poppy is like, why did you send me to that room? And Willa was like, you know what? It felt like the right thing to do. I knew that both of you wanted to live and needed someone by their side and so I sent you to them and so she was like basically the catalyst for this whole thing oh my gosh it was so so crazy when I learned about that so they are made king and queen they're they have like this uh the council which the council um they help the king and queen like lead the people or whatever and so they are like yes let's uh I mean, they don't really have a say, but they do like the little ceremony and everything like that. And um, 
they tell them what they know from like meeting with Ian and the, Poppy is like, you know what? I'm Nick Tosa's bloodline and hopefully his guards sense that uh, when I get into Elysium because they are hearing like quite a few things from Willa because Willa is thousands of years old um, about where they need to go, like what they shouldn't do, what they should do um, and that his guards are guarding him. So to be careful, basically. Later that day, they're talking more of their plans of going into Elysium and what they need to do. Um, and that's when she actually realizes, like, oh, like, the Draken either went to sleep or protect the resting place of the gods. That's when she realized what the guards are. Uh, they're the freaking Draken, which are, like, dragons, which, you know, I'm obsessed with dragons. So they're like, okay, tomorrow we're going into the tunnels. That's how they get under the mountain to get into Elysium. So there's six of them that go into the tunnels and they are able to get through. Uh, she goes first because there's mist. Remember the mist? Um, it like comes through the tunnel. And so she goes first and it recognizes her. So then like lets them through. So they get through this tunnel. They get through and they are in Elysium. And so they start walking down this path and there's these big statues of women. Uh, they kind of remind me of like the description is like Valkyries. Like remember like Think of Valkyries with these big wings, and they are basically like guarding this path. And so as they're walking down this path, the ground erupts in like all these geysers and sends like clouds of dirt everywhere. And they're like, um, okay, like this is okay, right? And all of a sudden, like one of the wolven, he like looks over the edge and he's like, uh, guys. And all of a sudden, these skeletons start coming out of the ground. And that's when Poppy has a vision of that woman again. Uh, the one that she keeps, like, having visions about. But it's not of, like, her mother. It's of a woman, like, with the silvery hair, uh, the one that she's seen in her mind multiple times, uh, the woman, like, slamming her hands into the dirt and the ground, like, cracking open. I guess she's already had this vision before, but she's remembering it, and she's like, her soldiers. Like, these are her soldiers. And so that's when she knows exactly, like, what will kill them, and so she summons fire, and she, like, kills all the skeletons, which is, like, so freaking bad, A. Like, she can just summon whatever she wants. She's, like... And so they keep walking down, and then they get to, like, the Temple of Nyctos, where he is, like, slumbering, supposedly. And there's, like, this big dragon statue outside of, like, just laying down. And so she, like, runs her hand over, like, the head and, like, the eye. And the eye chips off, like, the stone. And she can see an actual eyeball, like, open and blinks. And all of a sudden, this dra draken, draken, uh, he, like comes out of the stone and he's just there and they're like oh no like what did we do and then the draken looks over at the temple and everyone kind of feels like they need to as well so they look over and there's this man standing there nyctos is awake <gasps> oh my gosh they're about to be the god of the king of gods and oh it's just crazy uh so they walk over and they kneel down and he says to them, like, oh, you've awakened Nectus and still breathe. That means basically only one thing. My blood kneels before me. And so he actually does, like, a lot of different threatening and which makes sense or whatever. And that's when Poppy gets another vision, like an image flash in her head of that silver-haired woman, like, standing before another as, like, I guess the stars fell from the sky. Her hands were balled into a fist. And her words come to Poppy's mouth. And so she says them and says... I will not let you harm him or any of my friends. Nyctos looks at her and says, you know what? Now I understand why sleep has been so hard lately and why we dream so intensely. So he's like, you can come inside. Let's talk about this. No one else can come inside. So she follows him and he's like, you are so much like her. Like she'll th be thrilled to learn this. And we're like, who's she? His consort? Like, what does that mean? Like, is he her great grandfather? Like, uh, I'm so confused. And so he tells her more history. He says, like, did you know that the gods that are asleep right now were, were not the first gods? There were others known as primal. That means that she has primal blood in her. Um, and she tells him, like, I need the aid of your guards. Um, this is happening. And he's like, yeah, I'm aware of everything that's happening. And he's like, you're the queen of flesh and fire. Like, do more than one crown one kingdom what you seek you already have you 
already had the power in you. She's very confused. She thinks that he's basically telling her no. And so she like takes the group and and heads back. And so they're like, okay, well, we need to go to this meeting. I didn't get the guards. And um, so they're making this plan and a group of them are going to go by land. um, But then the Poppy and Cass and a couple others are going to go by sea and they're going to go early. So they're going to try and like catch them by surprise. Um, so they get there by the ocean and they get into this like castle place. Uh, there's like this hidden back door or whatever. So they're going through the cellar and, um, they want to kind of like investigate and see the whole place. Um, but down in that tunnel, they find a cage and Poppy's like, no, 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 like guys, look. And inside that cage is a large gray feline and it struggles to its feet. It's like very malnourished and it's behind those bleached white bars. So those bars are made of the bones that she had been like captured in as well. And she has a weird sense of deja vu. And she's like, she she knows that she had seen this cat when she was a child at the castle and the ether in her chest starts to hum as well and so she's like something is off and so she actually sticks her hand in the cage and like puts her hand on the cat and the cat actually like shudders like does a lot of shuddering and then turns into a man for just a couple seconds for like maybe five ten seconds to like lock eyes and then he's back into being a cat And they're like, okay, is he a wyvern? Like a large cat that can change or a changeling? But they can't get him out yet. They don't have enough time. So they're like, we'll just make it part of the deal. Like they release him. Uh, We have to keep going. And she asks like, Malik couldn't change forms, right? And they're like, no, he couldn't. So they're like kind of looking through this castle underground and this woman steps out. And she's like, welcome. Like, we've been waiting for you. Ugh, what? They know that they're there and they've been waiting for them? Oh my gosh, this is about to turn crazy. I hope you're ready for everything that's going to be revealed, everything that's about to happen. Oh my gosh, this is where it gets like so intense. Okay, so this woman takes them to this room. Ian is actually there and the other group that came by land. So they know that they're safe. Tawny is actually there and she rushes over to Poppy and hugs her and says like the queen isn't what she seems and that's when the queen comes in she looks exactly the same as what poppy remembers of when she was growing up um and so she's looking at the queen and then she feels like Cass being shocked not like actual shocked but he's like shook he's very taken aback and so she looks over and malik Cass's brother is right next to the queen and he looks well fed and nourished he looks just fine fit and healthy and Cass is like what has she done to you? And Malik is like, she opened my eyes to the truth and soon you'll see the truth. And the queen is like, yeah, I mean, I've always seen Poppy as the future queen of Atlantia, you know, just married to a different brother. He was supposed to be her ascension. So that's her plan, like her whole plan. Like Poppy was supposed to be safe and then go to get her ascension and Malik was going to ascend her and then they were supposed to get married so they can take over the Atlantean throne. Like that was her whole plan, (sighs) but it didn't work out that way. And so also the queen knows about the whole ultimatum and they're like, who told her? But it was Alistair before like he died or whatever. Uh, He told them everything. And she also has like super insane requests of her own, like submit to her, like become the king and queen, uh, be under her, like just really, really insane requests that they're like, what? Like, are you insane? Like, what are you doing? And so she's like, oh, so you want a war? Like, I have thousands of knights. I have so many revenants. And she's like, let me show you what a revenant is. And so the woman that had welcomed them and said, like, hey, we're waiting for you. She, like, steps up and they realize that she's a handmaiden of the queen. Uh, She has that revenant stabbed and, like, the revenant dies but then comes back to life. And they're like, yeah, she is not going to die. And I have so many of these. And back to, like, what she wants. She wants the Atlanteans' respect. She wants their loyalty. Like, she doesn't want their loathing. And they're like, that's not going to happen. Like, they're going to loathe you. They hate you. And she's like, you know what? Feelings change, especially when their queen is the daughter of the Queen of Solace. Um, Do you understand what I'm saying? What I just told you? Supposedly, the queen is not her grandma. She's her mom, like Poppy's mom. 
And then the queen is like, uh, Cora, who we thought was, you know, the mom of Poppy, she was the queen's most favorite handmaiden and the most trusted. And so she, uh, the queen had Cora care for Poppy so that no one could like sought out to gain what could be used against her basically. But apparently Cora found out um, the queen's intention to marry Poppy to Queen Malik and like to finally bring the two kingdoms together and Cora didn't approve. And that's when she tells her like Cora was a revenant. But the queen killed her because she took Poppy away, which now I can tell you what happened that night of what Poppy now remembers. Okay, so supposedly, yes, Cora took the child, took Poppy. They went to, I I don't remember, Oak something. And so they were having Alistair help them get out to Atlantia so that they could be safe because they knew exactly who Poppy was who she was a descendant of, and they told Alistair that. And that's when Alistair knew that she was a descendant of Malik. And he knew that she was danger, like dangerous. And so he says that there was this dark one that showed up, but it wasn't Castile, it was someone else. And he knew that the craven was coming. And so he betrayed them. And when the craven showed up, he like basically opened the door for them. And that's when her parents were like, you betrayed us, like what are you doing? And so her mom, she remembers now her mom like fighting and being really fast, but they die. And that's when she's like bit and Alistair just assumed that she had died and didn't know like what had happened from her. He just left her as a child there. And but so supposedly there's this other dark one that we don't know about. Uh, So that's what happened that night. And so now we're going to learn about the queen some more. And so, yes, she killed Cora's mo- Cora, who was the revenant. And she's like, the this, okay, hold on to your britches, everyone. The queen says, I'm not a vampire because they're like, you can't, you can't have kids. Like you're a vampire. Like, how are you and my mom? And she's like, I'm not a vampire, nor is Ileana my name, my first name, that is. The first name that I was born with that you've probably heard, it was Isbeth. Do you get, do you understand who that is? She's not vampire. But Malik ascended her. Uh, what? Okay, her name's Isbeth. Anyways, uh, he didn't make me into a vampire. I wasn't the first. You see, deities aren't like Atlanteans. Their blood is far more powerful than that. When deities ascend a mortal, they do not become a vampire. They become something without, like, the limitations the ascended have. And she says, Malik was Nyctos's son. And Nyctos is no normal god. He's a primal, which is something far older and more powerful and any who that who carry his blood is a god so okay let's break that down nyctos is a primal god so malik is one of his kids i guess and so that makes malik a god and anyone who has his blood in him is a god you know what i'm saying are you picking up what i'm putting down that means poppy is a god Isbeth is thinking that she's like this god now. When the war was over, uh, he actually snuck her out, like uh, Malik snuck her out, and they had a son. Um, but he kept the son, and he said like he would find her. And so that's when she joined Jalara, like the King Jalara at Pompeii, and that's when she saw that there was the, like, the newly crowned King Valen Denier leading the Atlantean army, and that's when she knew um, that her son had probably died. Um, and was lost and so she was super super upset and that's basically what this whole war is why she hates them so much um it's all because of the king and queen of atlantia like they she was like they created this fire they fanned it now it's out of control because i am the fire and i am going to take everything from them and she's like you were supposed to take it all back for me like you'd marry malik you and through you i could seize atlantia like And she kind of starts like a, sounds like a spoiled child because she's like, give me what I want. And they're like, no, we're not going to help you. So she has Ian killed. Now that Poppy had found him and talked to him and knew that he was a safe person, the queen killed him. And Poppy goes ballistic. She just... All of her power just enraged and the queen's like, that's not how we fight as gods. And she chokes her out with her powers. And Cass is like bargaining, like, stop, please stop. Like, let her breathe. Like, I'll do anything. Please take me. Like, stop, stop, stop. And so the queen's like, 
Okay. So she has his brother grab him, take him away, and the rest of the team takes Poppy and drags her out. And she, like, kind of passes out, and they wake up. They're outside of that town, like, the castle that they met in, and she realized that Cass is gone. And that's when that handmaiden comes out of the town. They're like, where can we find Cass? Where is she keeping him? And she says, you know what? The queen's going to have every revenant on hand guarding him. Like, she'll have him watching over your king. Basically meaning, like, his brother watching over Cass. And she's like, you are not going to get near him unless you bring the fire of the gods with you. None of you stands a chance. So that's like another reference to fire of the gods. So they know like that's the only thing that will kill the revenants. So Poppy's so freaking angry, which you can guess what? Like so mad. She's mostly angry at Cass's mom because she's like, you know what? If we had known the truth about who the queen really was, we could have been prepared. So she like gets to the castle. She asks to see Cass's mom alone. She's mad. And she just tells her everything that happened. Um, and the queen is like, you know, if she, if what she claims is true and Malik is one of Nyctos and the consort's sons and you're their grandchild, you are a god. And that's when Poppy also realized like she never needed his permission to use his guards. Like she can use them. And she's just, she's still so angry at Cass's mom. And she's like, ask me whose blood is on my clothes. And so she asks and she's like, my brothers, he was slaughtered in front of me. And she says, ask me where your son is. And she says, where is my son? And she said, which one? They are both there. Malik is cozied up to the queen. Your son, your other son, my husband, has been taken because you didn't tell us who she was. That's when the queen breaks down and she's like, I didn't want the people to know that she had won. It was all of her ego who'd taken my first husband was the one who held him and his brother like, she won in the end, and she's still managing to tear the family and kingdom apart. And she said that she honestly didn't know that Malik was the son of Nyctos. You can just feel the rage in Poppy, just so much. And that's when she tells the queen, I can summon Nyctos's guards, and I will. Isbeth may have her revenants, her knight soldiers, and those who support her, but I will have the Draken. Ooh, guys. <laughs> It's gonna cry. Yeah. Okay. So she goes to Elysium with a couple other people. There's only like three of them. And so she walks up to the temple. There's no like skeletons or anything this time. And there's a man at that temple, and it's Nectus in his mortal form. And he says, like, hey, Nectos is actually slumbering again. And they start talking about how she is in need of the guards and how they can help her. And he says, like, you seek to fight with the guards of the gods at your side, but you do not expect cities to fall. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, yes, the people of Solace are innocent, but you misunderstand or I misspoke. I do not seek to do those things, but I understand that they may be necessary. I'm ready for war. I would not be here if I wasn't, but I do not plan to soak the lands with blood and leave nothing but ruins behind. And then he looks at her and he says, will you help bring back what was ours to protect? What will allow the consort to wait? And she looks at him and she goes, what is it that I need to help bring back? And he says, your father. And she says, Malik? And he says, Malik is lost to us. He was lost to us long before any of us realized. Malik is not your father. The blood that courses through you is that of Ayers, his twin. Shut the front door. Shut the front door. Just when we think there couldn't be enough twists, there's another twist. He has a twin. So two twin boys, Malik and Ayers. And Ayers, I guess, is her dad, and the queen, Isbeth, is her mom. I don't know how that happens. I can't remember uh, if it does happen, if we find out, but let's keep going. So then he tells her, Ayers would, was lured from Elysium some time ago, drawn into the realm with his daughter, like Nectus's daughter, while 
the gods slept. And we've not been able to look for Ayers, not without being summoned. And he's not called for us, but we know he lives. And that's when thoughts are just racing through her head. And she remembers the painting that she saw in, uh, of Nyctos and the two large cats. And she said, could Ayers shift forms? And he says he, like his father, could take other forms. While Nyctos preferred that of a white wolf, Ayers was often fond of taking the shape of a large gray cat, much like Malik. And she looks at him and she says, I saw him. The same people that have him have Castile. Are you like freaking shook? Like she has seen her father since she was a child because multiple times throughout these three books, she refers back to like the cave cats and the ones that she saw at the castle. And like she, it's referred to in all three books. And then just knowing that she just saw him and he's her dad. Oh my gosh, my heart. I'm telling you so many crazy twists. And that's when she tells Nectus, like the Blood Queen says that she's a god because Malak ascended her. And he's like, no, no, no. She's an abomination. Gods are born. They're not made. And he tells her, are you ready, daughter of Ayers, the son of Nyctos and his consort? And he just like asks her if, if she's ready for a war. And she says, yes. And he says, speak the words and receive what you've come for. And that's when she hears the woman again. Uh, in her head, the one that she is having, like she has the visions about. And we realize that it's the consort speaking to her. And the visions that she's seen are of the consort. And so that's when she uses the words. She says, I summon the flesh and fire of the gods to protect me and those I care for, to ride at my side and stand guard at my back. I call upon the bloodline birthed of flesh and fire to awaken. The Nectus looks at her. And he says, from this moment to the last moment, they are yours, queen of flesh and fire. And the draken are awake. There are many that come out of the ground, that come from the mountain, that come from the buildings. So then it jumps to four days later, and they are outside of that building because um, she had a messenger go to the queen saying, hey, I want to meet up, like, let's... Uh, either you or the king, I, we need to meet up, make a plan, whatever. I can't remember what she says. So it's four days later, they're outside of this place waiting, and Queen Jalara comes and greets them, and he's with a revenant. And he's just, ugh, I freaking hate him already. Like, it's the first time that he's really appeared in a book, and he's just like, he calls her the maiden, he insults her, like, it just, I don't like him instantly. And she says, um... Like, I came here to send a message. And he's like, literally, that's why you called me, like, just to send a message. And she's like, no, no, no. Uh, you don't understand. You are the message. And she freaking chops his head off. And then she, like, uses her powers to, like, kill the ascended around him. And the revenant's like, no, no, no. That's not going to work for me. And she's like, oh, I know. Fire of the gods, right? That will kill you. And then one of the draken comes out from the trees and lands there. And the revenant is like, oh, no. And so Poppy looks at him and she says, make sure she understands that her survival hinges on Castile. She will release him or she will see each and every one of her cities leveled. If she touches him again, I will destroy her precious Malik. And I can. I know where to find him. He lives for now. She says, tell the Blood Queen to prepare for war. And that's the end of the third book. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What are your distresses? What are, I just, I need to know the emotions you're feeling because I literally am right there with you. I have no idea what's going to happen in the fourth book. Let's talk about this. Uh, let's uh, talk in Instagram. Let's, I have a Twitter now for the podcast. So follow me on Twitter. But yeah. I am just as much shook and speechless as you are. And I'm really excited to see what happens in the fourth book. So stay tuned till next week and I will talk to you later.